0: If you turn to the book of John, chapter 19, verse 28, read some scriptures. We are three weeks, three services, not three weeks, two weeks, three services, including today from Easter. The um, Easter will be April the 4th, I believe. So we have three Sunday services, including that one. And I'm going to kind of run a little series for us here, okay? I like doing that. It's something that I actually had for a long time, the thought of it for a while. And I've just not put it into a sermon. So hopefully I can get this all together for us as we go. So John 19, 28 through 30 says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled saith i thirst now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled it filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it in his mouth and jesus therefore had received when jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost you may be seated. We've done prayed a few minutes ago, so you may be seated. Thank you for standing. Brother David McDowell so good to have you here with us today, buddy. Always a pleasure when you can be here with us. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. Written by Rory Lesson called God Knew Our Greatest Need. We often think we know what we need, but the reality is we don't always know But God always knows because He created us. And the greatest need, the ire that we're living in right now is the cross. We all like um, the Spirit of God. Well, most of us do, I think. They like to feel that happy feeling. They like the feeling of of when God overwhelms you with the Spirit. You feel His love. You feel His compassion. You feel all this stuff inside your life. But the truth of the matter is... There's no way you can ever get to the. uh, Really, baptism doesn't do you any good, and the infilling of the Spirit doesn't do you any good, first without the cross. The cross is the number one aspect in salvation. The cross. Say that with me today. The The cross. Perhaps it is the greatest symbol of Christianity, and that is the cross. Unfortunately, in our modern era, we have reduced the power of the cross to much less than what it is. It's been reduced to symbols that hang around our necks with a necklace. It's been reduced to pictures that we hang on the wall or crosses that we hang different places. They did, the cross has even been reduced to extravagant tattoos on people's bodies in various places. Yet the cross has no real effect on the lives of so many people today in our world, and sadly, many that sit in the pews of the churches and across the world, also, the cross does not affect us. The truth is, we do not even sing about the cross that much anymore. I've done a simple Google search about the cross. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that stuff. I, I do want to say that. There's nothing wrong with, with some of them things having them in various places here and there. But the cross is so much more than that. Amen. We don't even sing about the cross much anymore. A simple Google search today, um, earlier this morning, the, the um, Christian songs with the cross in it had a top 100 list come up. Many of the songs I did not even recognize. And I'm sure maybe they talked about the cross. It was just saying songs It was good for Easter and all this. And I think it was down to about 39 on the list before I actually, actually sang a song that I recognized that I knew had cross, the cross in it. It was because he lives. But it seems we sing more about the things to make us feel good. Than, um, and we need that. We need songs that's going to hype us up. We need them type of songs. We need that stuff in our life. But when we sing about the cross, does it mean anything to us anymore? When we hear preaching about the cross, does it do anything for us anymore? Does it affect you when somebody begins to sing the old rugged cross? On a hill far away Stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame how i love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners were slain so i cherish the old rugged cross Trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Does it affect us? Perhaps the song at the cross. At the cross. At the cross where I first saw the light And the burdens of my heart were rolled away It was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day Is there room at the cross for you? How about the song? Perhaps some of you may have never even heard it. You ought to look it up. It's a beautiful song. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Sadly, many that are here and some who may listen to this by way of podcasts or some other way, will not even recognize some of the songs the three songs that I mentioning, and maybe you don't even remember the last time that you heard any of them sung especially in a church setting but today I come to tell us that that last song that I just mentioned there's room at the cross for you there is room at the cross for every one of us Amen. my question today is this though When we find ourselves at the cross, how will you respond? Again, counting today, we have three Sundays' uh, messages until Easter. And over these three Sundays, I'm going to be talking about the response at the cross. The response at the cross. I heard Brother Greg Godwin, if you've never heard him, he's an incredible uh, evangelist. and uh, He said several years ago, I was listening to a sermon, and he said something. There, are, He said that there are three typical responses of people at the cross. And over these next three uh, services, I'm going to be talking about those three responses. I'm not going to give you all of them at this time. I'm going to give you the first one today because... What I'm going to talk about is the response at the cross. But today, I want to talk about the gambler. Psalms 22 and 18 was a prophecy of the crucifixion of Jesus. And it says, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. This being the Old Testament prophecy concerning the crucifixion of the text that I that I want to read to you now. It's found in the book of John 19 also. In verse 23 through through 24. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments, made four parts, to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, well, let's not rend it, but cast lots for it. In other words, they're going to gamble for it is what they were going to do. And... Whose it shall be that the scripture might, and it went on to say that the scripture might be fulfilled. The one that I just read you in Psalms 22, which said, "They parted my raiment among them, and they, and for my vestures they did cast lots." These things, therefore, the soldiers did. I want to talk about the cross for a moment today, and and just tell us that the the cross is meant to bring out the best in every one of us. Can I get an amen with that? The cross is meant to bring out the best in us. At least that's that's what we would like to think if the cross is made to bring out the reality, and the best in us. But the truth of the matter is, Brother David, it can't get the best out of us until it first gets the worst out of us. Amen. Romans 7.18 says, And I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. The cross can't bring the best out of me for honestly, there's nothing good in me. Sister Michelle, there's nothing good inside of any of us in our our state fleshly being. There's no good in me for the cross to bring out. But there is bad that he needs to get out so he can get some good inside of me our flesh is so filled with corruption, it's filled with sin it's filled with deceit our fleshly earthly desire is just filled with that nature that, that goes against the uh, the natural things, I talked about it Thursday night, if you weren't here you can go back and listen to the podcast about how the, the devil is our enemy and he uses our fleshly desires and he world, used this worldly allurement to try to destroy us and it is that flesh that Jesus came to, to uh, uh, the purpose of the cross it is that flesh that Jesus came that we might destroy this fleshly desire to get that fleshly desire out of us the cross is not to bring it cannot bring good out of me but instead the cross should bring the worst out of me not the worst unleashed on somebody else but the worst unleashed out on an altar that we can get rid of it because that is the purpose of the cross brother Eddie the purpose of the cross is where I can lay down my burdens there I can lay down my sins i can lay down my disappointments i can lay down all this stuff and and the truth of the matter is every living soul has this sin that that we deal with everybody we have this inside of us we have this fleshly desire we 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 have this stuff the bible tells us in romans 3 23 that all have sin and come short of the glory of god but the cross Every one of us has come short of the glory of God. But the cross, hallelujah, makes a different way for us. It makes up the difference of anything my flesh is not good enough. Praise God. The message of Calvary. The the beauty and the wonder of of Jesus' sacrifice for my sins. It it was for me to have my sins washed away with the shedding of the blood of the Lamb of Jesus. Jesus is what the cross is all about. about. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much hell tries to tell you that you are not good enough. It doesn't matter how much hell tells you that there is no hope hope for you. It doesn't matter how much that hell may tell you that you'll never amount to anything. Hallelujah. There's no hope but the cross is about redeeming the broken part of our lives which is the flesh. The cross is about redeeming. Hallelujah that part that the devil says is no good. Yes there's no good in us but the cross is meant to get that out of us. Yes there's part of us hallelujah that is disgusting and broken and no good but Jesus blood that was shed on the cross, Hallelujah! It doesn't matter how you, how dirty you feel, how unfit you feel. Jesus will accept you and save you from that stuff that's inside of us. Everyone needs a savior. Amen. Everybody needs a savior. Our world, a world that we're living in right now, speaks a lot about the end. Limited potential of mankind and, and the natural goodness of man, or are, are the uh, um, all the promises that we can get out of man. I want to tell you what, all that is new age thinking, feel good phrases that's, that's just made up to make us uh, uh, make some self destructive choices in our life. But it's not just happening in 2021, it happened at the very beginning. It started. In the very beginning, the Bible says in Romans 5:19, "For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners." What happened at the very beginning is why we're dealing with what we're dealing with. Adam and Eve, you can't eat of you can eat of every tree in the garden except this one. Seems like a very reasonable requirement. I don't think that's overly exaggerated, too harsh, not too difficult to understand. Not too hard to obey, but the worst part enough drives us to do the wrong thing. People say there's too many rules and regulations in the church. No, that's not the problem. It's just the same problem there was from the very beginning. There was just one rule then and they couldn't keep it. And now then, you know, there's really just one main rule right now, and that's the love of the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's the one we have problem with. And the one that has a problem with is that fleshly desire that's on in, inside of us. And unfortunately, this trait was passed down all along from Adam and Eve all the way down to us. Man is naturally inherently sinful. But the gospel is not bad news. The gospel is good news. The good news is that Jesus can take that worst part of our life, that sinful nature, about us, and he can replace it. He said He'd give us a new heart. He said that we can have our minds renewed. Amen. We can be born again. It doesn't matter where you was born, what happened to you. It doesn't matter if you think you was born one way, even go, God might have made you another way, you can still be born again. And it all happens and starts at the cross. Amen. He can cause us to hate the things we used to love and to love the things we used to hate. Amen. That's what the cross can do for us. What can transform a man like that? What what can replace all that hate inside of us with love? As Vijay uh, said here last Sunday morning and, and interacted with that, and, he, and he talked, I was talking about forgiveness and all that, and he said, but how can you do that? In our flesh, we can't do that. But with the cross, hallelujah, taking that bad out of us and allowing a way to make the good to get inside of us, hallelujah, that's what can change it. Uh, what, what can possibly bring the worst out of us and replace it? With heaven's best. There's only one force powerful enough to do that, and that is that cross. It's the cross. And Jesus, he was the sinless man. He had his whole entire life never done one thing wrong, it was never an unkind word from Jesus. Despite what people may think about him, there was never an impure thought. He never had a sinful act, but yet they ganged up and they conspired together against him to put him to death. The Roman ruler agreed finally with the um, want to crucify Jesus and they issued that death sentence to be carried out by crucifixion, the cross. The cruelest of all Roman death sentences. The man, Christ Jesus, was beaten mercilessly with whips, fists. The cat of nine tails tore flesh from his bones. The shreds of his flesh created rivers of blood that flowed down from where they beat him all the way to the cross. The Bible says that his visage, his appearance, was marred more than any man to the place that they could not even recognize him, his own mother. She had not seen it with her own eyes. She would not have known that was her son. They put a robe on him and they mocked him and they placed a crown of thorns and shoved it down on his brow. I envision those thorns piercing. Eyebrows and skin and hitting the bone. and You know how it is. If you ever cut your head, you bleed like crazy. Blood everywhere. He was led away to a place that was called Golgotha. It was called the place of the skull. David, he was so weak after being beat. With that heavy load of that cross upon his back, he, he crumbles of the weight of his own cross and, and finally they had to get someone else to have pack his cross. When he finally reached that place, that place of his execution, that robe was ripped from the, the uh, wounds of his body clotting to that, that uh, robe that was upon him and just ripped that away from him just bringing more pain to his body was thrown down on that cross and his, his hands which had, had touched people and healed them and comforted the broken hearted and, and loved the people that was around him they tucked they those hands and they nailed them to a cross then his feet, the feet that had that had walked up to the lepers and the feet that, had, that, that carried Him uh, 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 to the ones that was unloved and loved Him and, and walked across that area, walked on water across the sea, they were, they were nailed to that same cross also. And it's so easy to say, but can we really imagine for just a moment the agony that Jesus went through on that cross can you hear that hammer breaking bone piercing flesh can you hear the echoes and the cries of his mother and those that followed can we understand today that he did this for us when none of us in our flawed flesh humanity that I talked about, none of us was good enough. But Jesus robed Himself in flesh, knowing that it was only going to take uh, the Man Christ Jesus to be able to become the ultimate sacrifice. Hallelujah! And can we understand that He did that for us, that we did not have to go to that cross, and that and that cross it stood it stood upright, standing up, and, and there hung the Savior of the world. Su- sus- Suspended by the nails that tormented him not with a loincloth across him like we see him but hanging there naked for the world to see our Savior hanging up there and for six hours he labored for every breath when he would transfer the pain from his arms to the pain to his feet when it became too unbearable he would remove back and go to his arms and let the pain and they strategically put them nails in places that where they uh, sucked them through that would shoot Pains through the arms and through his legs, and he's in the hours. You could just see the flies that begin to swarm around his body and land. I know if you notice the flies out there from the horses the over here, neighbor. pills there's flies out there everywhere. We get that every time this time of the year. But they was all, no doubt, around his uh, body. Kidding you don't have a fly You want to knock him off He couldn't knock it off Maybe he twitched to try to knock the fly off Just causing more pain to go through his arms With a nail being nailed down And for, for hours his vision was blurred From the blood running through or his eyes being swelled shut From being beat And for, for, for six hours Nerve ending stream for relief Wanting something just to give him relief And for six hours He endured the taunts of the people that walked by For six hours he he watched in agony as he seen his mother standing there watching his final moments and for six hours he rejected the temptation to call out legions of angels to bring him off that cross and for six hours he looked down through time to where we are today thinking about you and I and he did this so that every one of us could have a fresh start today. He did this that we would have hope today. He did this, that He could take all of that fleshly desire inside of us and take it out of us all of our brokenness, all of our wounds all of our hurts, hallelujah the cross, it represents repentance, hallelujah it represents getting rid of all the bad hallelujah, that was the purpose of the sacrifice in the Old Testament you'd take a sacrifice in the Old Testament, if you had sinned you'd done wrong, you'd take a sacrifice and they would sacrifice the, that animal, that was a blood sacrifice, that's what they had to do at the very beginning with Adam and Eve and that's what they had to do through time and finally God said that's not good enough it's not going to work so I'm going to become man I'm going to be walking flesh In that flesh Christ Jesus hung on that cross and it became the ultimate sacrifice he said nobody else can do it but I'm going to pay the price they cannot pay and he hung there on that cross for you and I and as he hung there these verses. Then the soldiers. Then the soldiers. When they had crucified Jesus. Took his garments. Made four parts to every soldier apart. And also his coat. Now the coat was without seam. Woven from the top throughout. And they said therefore among themselves. Let us not rend it. But cast lots for it. Who is it shall Whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled which saith they parted my raiment among them and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. These scriptures precede my opening text scriptures. While he hung in his last moments before he said before they said And he gave up the ghost. Before he died. In his last moments. He hung on that cross. And at his feet. In his dying moments. Of bringing. When the divine. The, the, the plan of redemption of mankind was reaching the climax when he was fixing to say it was finished, when it was fixing to all be over, when everything that he came on purpose in this world to do, as it was fixing to be over, at the foot of the cross the Roman soldiers are, are just totally insensible totally just uh, to what was transpired before their very eyes while they while he hung on the cross right there in the presence of the cross, we them just recklessly throwing dice for Jesus's flawless coat. If they had only realized who this man was that was on the cross and what he was actually doing. If they had only realized Sister Chastity What they was witnessing Hallelujah With the cross right before them And all they're worried about Is gambling for his cloak Gambling for his coat All they was worrying about Was what they could get out of it for themselves They didn't actually want that bloody uh, garment They thought maybe This is going to be worth some money Maybe this is What can I get out of this for me What's it going to benefit me And at that spot At the very point of the cross at the climax when He was fixing to die and everything was going to be accumulated at one point hallelujah of our saving grace they're gambling at the foot of the cross their response was what can I gamble for? But if they had realized, they would have fallen face down before them in shame, and and, and 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 respect and adoration for what they had before them. But for that moment, their attention was caught, hallelujah, by the grand prize of that of that that coat that still had a seam from the top to the bottom. It hadn't been broken. It hadn't been it hadn't been torn to pieces or anything. They said, "No, let's don't tear this apart. It's still in its full uh, full condition. We probably can get some money out of that." So let's gamble for it. Let's take a gamble that maybe you and I. Oh, come on! And, and, when, and when we look at the world today, we, we see it today. It's so preoccupied with the growing uh, national and even and even in the world problems that we're facing right now. They're getting worse every day, and we're seeing border problems. We're seeing money problems. We're seeing pandemics, pandemics, and and when we look at the average life. Uh, people, they're just hurried along, racing up and down the aisles. Uh, we went. We went and eat for Texas's birthday yesterday. And everybody must have got their stimulus check this week, or a big majority of them, because the, the traffic was crazy, the stores was crazy, and, and everybody was just, oh, just whatever. And I wonder how many of them people even paid tithes on their stimulus check. Amen. Oh, yeah, I just messed up a good message right there. Oh, it's okay. I'm telling the truth anyway. But people's taking a gamble, hallelujah, on what God has given them. Taking a gamble at the, fruit, at the cross our phones and, and playing our games and, and texting and so many other things. And I just wish, hallelujah, they would have just looked up and seen Him, hallelujah. Oh, I wish they just looked up and seen Him who sees us all. Amen. If only for a moment could cease the meaningless games and look at the face of Him That sorrow on his face and his eyes fixed on them. The one that looked down at every one of them that put him on that cross and forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. How about us today? Is it possible that we sing our songs of worship? And then we will celebrate Easter with bunnies and chocolate and prizes. We'll celebrate Easter with our lips, but our hearts will be so immersed and preoccupied with our obsessions of daily life. Surely we are in the same moment today as they were. I hope today that it could be a day of self examination of how we are responding to the cross. Are we the gambler? Be gambling with this only life that we have, while the end time is playing out right in front of our eyes, just as Jesus's life, Brother Eddie was panning. It was is the waning six hours of the moment. We we don't know exactly what time frame they they uh, they were doing the gambling, but I'd had. Had to think that you know it wasn't but six hours that he was hanging there anyway, and he was in when things was fixing to wrap up for the life of Jesus on that cross. They they sat at the foot of that cross, and their response was to gamble with the garment of Jesus. Their response was to gamble for the David with the blood that was on that garment. Oh, it's easy to talk about the soldiers at the foot of the cross or even the sinner out there that we are hoping to come to church someday. But what about us, child of God? Are you gambling on your ministry at the foot of the cross? Are we gambling with the song list on our phone, hoping those those songs that we're adding to our playlist really won't affect how we live our life? Are we gambling that that show that we're... We're loving to watch so much, or are we gambling with the fact that it won't affect our spirituality too much? Yeah, we can talk about the sinner out there, saying, "Yeah, they're gambling with their life, taking a chance of not coming and being in the house of God." But what about us, child of God? Are we gambling with the fact that 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 what we're doing won't affect us too bad? Is somebody out there that are they gambling with that guy or girl that we're hoping that that maybe someday will be our mate? But we know they're not right with God, and we know they're not they're not a child of God, and we're hoping. And that maybe we can flirt to convert and bring them in. Hallelujah! And they, they that they won't get us and pull us out. Or, or are we gambling with that? Or are we gambling at the foot of the cross? At the foot of the fact that Jesus is fixing to come back. Hallelujah! And He's going to split the eastern skies, and, and we're gambling when, when we when when, when you we. Uh, oh, come on, hear me today. On the cross, are we gambling? at the cross when you hear another sermon that grips your soul, and you think maybe, maybe I'll go today, but maybe I'll maybe I'll wait next week. Maybe I'll wait till they sing that song, or maybe I maybe I'll wait till I get this right, or maybe I'll wait till I get that right. Are we gambling with our response today? Hallelujah! Oh, come on! Oh, gambling is someday maybe I'll really have a repentant heart. Maybe I'll really get it all together. Come on! Is that a gamble you want to take with response to the cross, with the cross? Are you responding to the cross with a gamble of your own life? Just just one more roll the dice preacher just one more sermon I need to hear one more song one more sermon i got to get this done in my life I've I've not accomplished this yet preacher I've not accomplished that yet are we gambling thinking that I got one more chance just one more roll the dice we know the story of the gambler how many gamblers out there has wasted their substance to lose their wife and their kids and their jobs I'll gamble for the next service or the next opportunity to repent at the foot of the cross. But not today, preacher. Not today. I know this may be heavy today. But the cross is a heavy situation. We have a world of people they are lost. And they need us. They need us. If you're going to gamble today, we should gamble like Peter did. And Peter said, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come out on that water. Let's take a gamble that we can walk in the middle of the storm on the water with Jesus. we're going to gamble today, we should be like blind Bartimaeus. Jesus is walking by. Son of David, have mercy on me. People say, shut up. Leave him alone. Don't bother him. He takes that chance, Sister Chastity. He drops his beggar's coat because he's taking a gamble that he's going to forgive me. Perhaps we could be like the Cyphros uh, Phoenician woman am saying that, right? She wasn't even a Jew, but she took a gamble that Jesus would hear her. Even Jesus calling her a dog. At least her generation at that time. But she persisted anyway. And she took a gamble that Jesus would hear her. Perhaps the woman with the issue of blood that took that gamble. She had tried for 12 years and wasted her money on everything and that blood would not stop flowing out of her body but finally she heard that Jesus was coming she said I'm going to take a gamble because I'm not supposed to be around nobody I've got an issue of blood I'm unclean so even on her hands and feet brother David she crawled to the feet of Jesus just saying if I could just touch the hem of his garment I know it'll be alright if we're going to gamble that's the gamble we need to take today And Jesus said who touched me What do you mean who touched you, Lord? Everybody's touching you. I know, but somebody touched me with a different touch. If we're going to gamble, that's the gamble we need to take today. If you're going to gamble at the cross, don't gamble with your life that you can go a little longer with what you got, but we need to gamble that Jesus will fix. Take a chance that you might be embarrassed for something. You might be embarrassed, but it's okay, because if we'll go to Jesus with our heart, Sister Michelle, he'll change our world. My closing scriptures today. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 24 For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Foolishness. But to us which are saved is the power of God. The power of God is in that cross. It said, for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. And will bring nothing to the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that in the wisdom of God the world By wisdom knew not God. It pleased God that by the foolishness of the preaching to save them that believe. The Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to them which are called both Jews and Greek Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. The cross it is what's going to save us. You cannot circumvent the cross. Amen. There's no way to get around it. There is no resurrection without the cross. would be no need to bury something that's not dead. Amen. So you can stand with me. You can come. You can pray at the altar if you want. I know the kids are done there. So, But I challenge you today for your response. If it's going to be the gambler, You take a chance on Him changing your world. And don't gamble on your own life. Can we come pray? Seek the Lord today. Seek His face. Can we give just a moment or two to God today? Oh, come on. We'll be done in a moment. We'll go on with our service. but Don't be that gambler today. Unless you're going to gamble on God.